Good day, folks. Um, it's a pleasure to share my views with you this morning. Um, today, I want to talk about the ability of a nonprofit organization to secure funding um, in the current environment. Uh, my view is that the environment for fundraising has become uh, rather competitive, um, and that's uh, based on the fact that there's an increase um, in the number of uh, nonprofits. Um, as well as an increase in the scope of current uh, um, non-profits, meaning that uh, current non-profits uh, are increasing their scope to accommodate opportunities, um, ensuring uh, uh, that they are sustainable in the short term. Uh, one can then argue where, where does this leave uh, their operational ability? Um, well, I have created five elements that I think addresses two things. Uh, one is an ability to secure recurring income. And number two, an ability to uh, create an operational ability that augments um, a core service delivery competence as opposed to be uh, trying to operate as a all-inclusive um, corporate or business organization. Um, let, let, let's see how I unpacked it. Uh, the first thing that I believe um, that an NPO should do in the immediate term is to create a brand around itself. Create a brand that stands for certain virtues, that stands for whatever values the the founders, um, the managers, and the directorship of the nonprofit stand for. Um, I believe a brand that is properly thought through, well positioned, will contribute uh, to an ability to stand out. Um, once again, uh, when I think of these things, I um, these abilities that I am going to discuss now, I believe that um, any NPO is better served uh, by partnering uh, with uh, organizations that can present it with the appropriate skills as opposed to trying to create an ability uh, to demonstrate that it has the brand that, uh, that is required uh, for people to trust, uh, for people to invest into, uh, for funders to consider. I, I, I stand for brand development that is supported by external expertise and mainly because I believe that uh, NPOs should not create a, a recurring increased cost structure. I believe it must create a cost structure that can be moved around in line with its income. The second thing I thought um, that's important to consider is the fundraising methodology that NPOs apply. I know there are a number of conventional approaches. I do believe that um, a lot of NPOs have become reliant on one or two funders, um, whilst others have a more ad hoc approach to this. Uh, my view is that in the modern world, as we know it, um, people, organizations um, have to focus 
on their own cash flows and may for, from an organizational perspective an organization may want to use its corporate social investment funding and create methodologies and or an approach that does not include necessarily NPOs that are in existence but may come up with ideas around um, creating something that will make the, the business stand out um, so therefore um, you know the, the the space between uh, the boundaries between uh, corporates uh, that have the ability to fund social investment projects and and NPOs um, have kind of decreased um, and that means that um, a non-profit may be in many ways competing with a, a corporate organization um, to deliver a certain set of benefits to a, a defined group of people. Um, so that means that um, non-profits don't necessarily sit on the minds of those that sit on these budgets. They may find routes and means to deliver these benefits without using non-profits. Um, when we look at individuals, um, individuals would rather pay a recurring type of income for a set of benefits that they believe they are scoring by partnering with an NBO. Um, and these need to be based on uh, segmentation, if you like. Uh, one has to look at what's affordable uh, from a disposable um, income perspective. Um, one also has to look at what is current and, and what, what would make individuals feel good about themselves when they consider to give others who are uh, reliant on, on, on income through non-profit organizations or for welfare purposes. My idea is that uh, through a structure of uh, recurring income, um, non-profits move away from the dependency they have um, on uh, big funders, uh, corporates. Um, uh, a recurring income type of fundraising allows them to link up with a group of people that they properly segmented um, a group of people that share the values of the nonprofit, um, and therefore the acceptance of changes in, in, in any type of beneficiary work that needs to be done is easier. Uh, relationships are found on shared values and are not institutionally driven. And uh, I'm all for um, fundraising of a recurring nature, and this is all possible through uh, modern technology. Um, um, all that the nonprofit sector has to do is open itself up. Um, if you look at the um, uh, technology that's available, uh, you don't need to go into um, expensive development, uh, IT development. Um, what you need to do is open yourself up to platforms that are available uh, plant your your course in into those um, uh, abilities um, into the network that you have um, and then focus on your core ability focus on your core ability uh, combine that with the brand 
uh, make it easy for people to invest on a monthly basis um, and use uh, technology and platforms, social media platforms and so on, uh, to keep people updated and excited about uh, their commitment to uh, fund uh, you as an NPO uh, for a very specific cause. Um, I also think that it's important to to communicate and share any changes in scope of work and uh, to be active in talking and and, and associate these and or link uh, the ongoing talks to what you regard as your brand, a brand that can be trusted. Uh, so I think these two things, uh, you know, a, a, a brand that stands out in a crowd, a, a fundraising ability that's modern, um, and an ability to talk through this, uh, through the modern technology will, will, will contribute to um, a recurring type of income uh, for the nonprofit sector. Um, a third thing that I think is important to consider um, in, um, in the short term is an ability to increase your expertise in your core function and reduce operational support to an outsource item. In, in that way, the expenses that you carry to execute the project does not become permanent expenses and do not necessarily have to go beyond uh, the agreed period. So rather work with uh, fairly priced and uh, experts to support the work around um, uh, implementation of projects um, so that you as an NPO can focus on your core expertise. Mind you, that is why people give you the money. Um, people do not give you the money to demonstrate that you a corporate, uh, efficient and effective with systems and tools, and that you they give you the money to demonstrate that you can give benefit to, uh, to those who are in need that you serve as the objective. Now, in order to be efficient, effective in that regard, you don't need to own the resources. You can partner with associates, partners, consultants that can give you the expertise. Um, just build in the cost into the project cost. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for me. I've, I've worked in a number of nonprofits um, where a project starts up uh, you go through a significant recruitment drive. Uh, you hire quite rapidly um, a number of people to give operational support. And you don't necessarily ensure uh, that there's a career for them because it's all project driven. After two years or so, um, you just see how people have to exit your NPO into the world of unemployment, I think that is rather unfair. I think uh, the onus rests on on the um, on the nonprofit uh, nonprofits that receive funding to deliver certain projects to ensure that uh, projects are delivered efficiently and effectively without increasing the burden of permanent cost, uh, but also to ensure that. There's a level of humanity involved in the things that you do 
to get to deliver the beneficiary uh, uh, commitments. Um, I don't, I'm not in support of wild recruitment to satisfy an immediate need. That needs to be replaced by a strategic approach that looks at number one, capacity building without increasing permanent cost burdens. Number two, a, an ability to remain focused on your core uh, abilities. That is why people give you the money in the first place. And number three, not to um, damage and, and people's hopes by recruiting unnecessary people and then letting them go after two years or when your funding gets withdrawn. You'll find that, um, to be honest, in some of the uh, nonprofits where I work, uh, recruitment is done so rapidly that many things have to happen before the newly um, appointed staff members um, find their way. Firstly, they have to kind of commit, uh, or adjust to a culture. They have to get used to one another. Um, they have to get used to the tools and the methodologies that are applied. Um, now, you may feel that I'm against imp uh, the creation of employment. I'm not against it. Uh, maybe one can have a, um, an approach where you partner for operational support purposes with a specific organization for implementation purposes um, and you demonstrate to your funders that a level of funding will go into skills development. Therefore, um, you create a pool of people that you would want to develop as part of the two-year project uh, with, without having a negative impact on the efficiency of the operational support. So you bring in a company that already has a culture, that already has uh, skilled people that are used to working with in, uh, one another, that already has systems that you plug into your uh, project um, and you create an element of um, skills development uh, into which funding gets transferred and you declare that to uh, your funder. In that way, it's a win-win. The beneficiary uh, beneficiaries get uh, serviced in time. The project targets are met. The funder is happy. Uh, you do not carry uh, operational burden from one project to another. The people who have come in um, and who benefited from the skill development exit at the point in time. They don't become a permanent um, responsibility. Long gone are the days when numbers of people demonstrate the strength of an organization. An NPO is at its best when it focuses on its core ability. Therefore, decisions have to be taken around what, how best to get 
the required operational support and how best to demonstrate that their skills transfer or development of people uh, happening while the project is running. And that should be seen as the social investment aspect of the, of the project. The third thing I wanted to talk about is how to develop a sustainable model for your NPO. Now, I find that a lot of organizations, a lot of, a lot of NPOs, attempt to develop a sustainable model that will outlast a current income stream from a big funder. And that is, you have signed up to an organization like USAID, you get a few um, $100,000 $100, or whatever the amount is, and that is secured for two years, and that increases your income. And so now you want to use this funding to create a sustainable model beyond the two years. It doesn't work like that. You have to know what is your investment approach before you get the funding. And you need to use current projects to fund that investment approach. Uh, in that way, you're creating an ability that will allow you to have a business that runs beyond the funding projects that you have currently. Um, too many nonprofits want to use current funder money to create a sustainable project. This, this sustainability of the nonprofit needs to be determined in the strategy and structure by a group of people who are interested in ensuring that the NPO will outlast current projects. It cannot be determined by the funding that you get from current funders because that will only get you into compliance problems. Uh, so best to sit down, think about what it is that you want to do as an NPO to secure your own future without looking at the money that you're getting currently. The last thing on my list that I thought um, may make a big difference in how you stand out amongst a crowd, a crowd of competing um, nonprofits is by signing up to the highest level of accreditation that you can get. Accreditation that will verify your compliance, compliance to standards, compliance to uh, accounting, whatever it is. You need to demonstrate that you are an organization that's compliant that's compliance orientated and you can show that on paper if you can some certification around it um, demonstrate an ability over a period of time of uh, reports that show that you um, you are serious about compliance 
Um, and I know that compliance um, uh, speak a lot to what is regarded as creating a sustainable model. But I do believe that if, uh, like I said earlier, if your model around sustainability is planned, you will not find yourself uh, in muddy waters around compliance. Um, so just to repeat, my advice is as follows. For a non-profit organization to stand out in a crowd of competing NPOs, um, competing for funding, obviously, number one, develop a brand. Number two, apply modern digital fundraising abilities and communication abilities. Um, basically go digital on those. Um, thirdly, um, ensure that you do not build unnecessary cost burdens in your implementation approach. Basically outsource, if you can, uh, the operational expertise required. Um, three, develop a sustainable model outside your current funding. It must be strategic. It can't be led by the funding that you currently receiving from whatever fund that you involved with. And number five, my last point, ensure that you can demonstrate a long history of compliance. Have a compliance orientation that can be validated by whoever needs to have a look, by whoever needs to consider you. Um, in that way, I, I think you, you will meet many, many, many standards out there um, and you will maximize your presence. Um, you will secure funding at levels above those of your fund, uh, funders, uh, co competitors. I do think that is, you know, once you have these five things in place, uh, it frees up the owners or the key stakeholders within your NPO to go out like corporate CEOs and play a role in stakeholder management, identify stakeholders, start relationships, uh, spend time on executing the sustainability model that you would want to have. Spend time, time on and demonstrating that you are the brand that you want people to, to see. Um, it frees uh, the key stakeholders up um, if you apply uh, the five things that I mentioned. Uh, thank you for listening. And I, um, I do hope that I uh, contributed to your thinking. Um, I do hope that I, this will lead to uh, some meaningful discussions and hopefully create some meaningful interventions. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye.